So I am concerned about the smell in my apartment, but that's oh, the only no. thing. Oh, that... wait, the bunny smell? I told you, yeah. It's that, <laughs> it could be a, a number of small rodents, but I don't know. <laughs> you haven't identified the source. I feel like maybe it's a gerbil. But this is the thing. It's not in the apartment. I'm in the apartment right now. So it's like, what is it like dead in the wall or alive in the wall? <laughs> There's just like a whole gerbil community <laughs> in the wall. I just like, once somebody put that in my head, I was like talking about the smell and, and they were like, oh, maybe there's a dead rat in the wall. And I was like, oh no, now I have, but it's not like, it's not like it's smell of decaying deadness. It's just, it's just like, like a pet store. You know what I mean? (laughs) Wait, is it like really pungent or it's faint? It's not that pungent. I mean, like you just notice it when you walk in and then I immediately open all the windows and now I'm like burning sage. Are you going to start smelling like a gerbil? Is it that strong? Oh my God, I fucking hope not. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't, I really hope it doesn't affect my smell. I just don't even, I don't want my house to have a weird smell. No, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'll see when you get here because like I need, I need another opinion because like no one is reacting to it the way I am. Like I'm like, I'm like really, maybe I just have a good sense of smell, which is hard to believe because I'm like constantly congested. Constantly congested. <laughs> So no, you are. What is that? Uh, it's called just having like bad nasal passages. I don't know. Sinuses. Sinuses. I have a. I have an overactive snot gland. <laughs> no. I thank you very much. I think it's just genetic, but we all, at least Raleigh and I, both have really bad sinuses. Raleigh used to have like really bad sinus infections, probably because my tonsils are literally massive. Yeah, your whole head is just like clogged with other parts of your body. <laughs> it's so graphic and horrible. <sighs> I think Raleigh got his tonsils removed or something and now things are better or I don't know. You should consider that. I don't like the idea of artificially inseminating inseminating my body. <laughs> <laughs> to be to have like less of its parts unless it's like required i agree you know what i, I mean? agree yeah, no i totally <laughs> don't you feel like your body should be able to like figure it out itself maybe if you were alive like during the like medieval times or something you'd be dead because you're tossed <laughs> <laughs> oh my god don't say that's too real raleigh actually would be because he had a lot of sinus infections as a child and if we hadn't if it hadn't been the 20 20th it's century too real that we might be around during the bubonic plague <laughs> Don't no. even joke about that. Oh, I hope there are a lot of hot guys listening because I just gave them a lot of reasons to want to <laughs> sleep with me. Yeah, that's your real reason. I don't want to artificially remove something that's useful. <laughs> no way. <laughs> that's not. Oh my god, you took that into a direction that is true, but not what I was expecting. Um, oh, you because <laughs> you snore. <laughs> This is the meat of the podcast. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever caught your, have you ever caught your profile reflection in the mirror? Yeah. 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 This shit feel like I won't ever make it home. Graphics back the fuck up to get off of this road. Flipped on the gas, I swear to God, I'm in my zone.
What are we talking about today? Today we're talking about Russian rap. Rus- How do you say that in Russian? Ruski rap. Ruski rap. But first we have to introduce ourselves. This is She's in Russia. I'm Smith and I'm in Brooklyn. And I'm Lily and I'm in St. Petersburg. On this episode, we're talking about Russian rap, and and I think kind of the structure we're aiming for is we're going to do, like, a little bit about the history. We're going to try to talk about what, like, racial paradigm should we look at Russian rap in when, when obviously, Russian rap is a descendant of American rap. So that's the second chunk. And then the last chunk, we're just going to try to, like, run through a lot of different Russian rappers that exist right now, and we're going to be playing clips. It didn't take that long for, like, American rap to make its way to Russia. It started really gaining popularity in the 90s with this group called Bad Balance. It was in Russian, but I like watched this YouTube video that was like a combination of live footage of them like playing a show, like music videos, interviews with the group. And I just like took a bunch of different splices of things that I wanted to like talk about and like kind of pair it with what was going on in, in American rap at the time. I think that the other thing to note is that in the early 80s, there was like kind of a concerted effort by hip hop artists and people involved in like the hip hop scene at the time to spread hip hop culture and values abroad. And so there was a in America by American hip hop artists in the early 80s, Africa Bombada organized and Africa Bombada, if you guys don't know, is like often kind of thought of as like one of the originators of hip hop. He was a DJ and amongst other things in the Bronx, but he organized this like world tour um, that w- went mostly to Western Europe, actually, but it had uh, like graffiti artists, double dutchers, DJs, and like some like fashion stuff going on. And his goal pretty much was just to like bring the values of hip hop to other nations. So that's like sort of a cool thing. And then I think from that, hip hop sort of weaseled its way into the Soviet Union. Union, the first thing that really took hold was actually like B-boys, so breakdancing. And then from that, I think the music kind of followed. These clips that I'm going to play now are from this group called Bad Balance that was popular in like 94. So like right around the time that like gangster rap is getting big in the U.S. It's kind of interesting to listen to their stuff because the production is pretty diverse. Like they'll have some songs that have kind of like Rasta influence. So I'll, I'll play that one first. And then they also would have like more kind of rock influence. So I'll play that one. Is that would that be considered hardcore? I don't know anything about music. I don't I don't know either. I mean, Help. it definitely sounds it's it sounds hardcore to me. <laughs> would that be considered hardcore <laughs> by the youths? All right. So then this one um, that I'm gonna play kind of has that more. I, I almost want to say like public enemy sound and. Sort of like what's called like boom bap, like kind of clean beats with like this boyish voice. And I don't know if that's something that like people have named, but 
it exists in a lot of different people and it might just be like oh they just naturally have a boyish voice but i'll play it and maybe you can understand what i mean Okay, and then this last one, I just want to play, I want to play a segment of just the beat. It's just instrumentals. And then I want to compare it against a Tupac beat also. So here's the Russian one first. Okay, and then here's a clip from Heavy in the Game. It was produced around the same time, like within a couple of years of each other. So you can definitely see how there's some similar production there. I was actually like sort of surprised going back and listening to that stuff from the 90s because, and we'll get into this later, but a lot of the production I was hearing in more like contemporary Russian rap was more EDM. And so I was surprised that, this is kind of unfair of me, but I just like don't think that EDM is that substantive. I just like don't like listening to it. So I have a bias against it. But the production on on these songs, I like really liked. Like I was listening to them. I was like, oh, I would actually like listen to this regularly. Okay, so so our dear friend Grace called in and she asked three different huzzah. questions. And I'm, huzzah, finally. She asked three different questions and I'm going to play two of them right now. Okay. Hey, guys. It's Grace from episode four i heard that you guys might be doing a little segment on russian rap and i have some questions because i know you guys do really good research okay so the first one is are there russian rap trends and aesthetics like basically i'm interested in both sonic and cultural trends and how they might buck up against like american hip-hop rap okay so that's the first one and then let me play this second one how does russian rap consider blackness or hip-hop's historical diasporic traditions it doesn't make sense to talk about russian rap without kind of acknowledging the tradition it comes from and then also trying to like figure out what that means in this context because like the the you know the black american context in like the 70s in the bronx is like obviously very specific so the like symbolism aesthetics and content that came out of that time were in some way specific to that that context and then how does that end up translating into a russian context and i think the kind of the way I wanted to go about talking about this is a little bit in opposition to that Calvert piece and then trying to like maybe talk about it more broadly. Is that fine? Yeah. Um, 
You want to bring up the Calvert piece? I want to bring up the Calvert piece because I think that it is a really good like representation of a knee-jerk response that happens a lot when you talk about Black American cultural exports. And I think that to a lot of people, it, it's the like de facto way that they would think about rap in Russia. And I want to like address that directly so that people don't have that kind of hesitancy around this topic. Mm, okay. Okay, so so this is an opinion piece in the Calvert Journal, and it's titled "Russian Rap Needs to Kick Its Addiction to America." And I and I think on its face that I like agreed with that title, like without having read the article, I was like, "Oh, okay, this seems like it could be interesting." But basically, the crux of her article is like Russian rap is bad because it's not black people who are making it. My three main gripes with this with this piece are that. One, it assumes this like American racial paradigm, which is like a very specific thing that's rooted fundamentally in the fact that America is founded on slavery and that like the descendants of that slavery, both in terms of like the actual descendants of enslaved people and people who are the descendants of white slaveholders. So just like anybody that's a descendant of that system now exist together in the same country under the same set of laws with presumably the same privileges that ultimately have manifested in like a series of forms of oppression that are just like iterations of the original slavery. And and I'm not trying to be like super um, cynical here. Like I just, <laughs> Izzy and I just went to the African-American Museum in DC, the new one, and they just do a really, we couldn't even make it through the whole thing because it was like so much content. We were there for two hours and we probably made it through like a quarter of it. But the, the main thing that I really liked about it is it does a really good job of like shifting the narrative of slavery just subtly enough that it's not just solely a narrative of like oppression and violence and like all these horrible things being perpetrated against people of color, but rather framing it through certain like acts of resistance or organizing or cultural production or expertise that black people and enslaved people from Africa had and like organized at that time, which, which was a really nice thing. So I just want to be like, mindful of that when I'm like talking about this racial paradigm that I don't want to just be like it's based on white people oppressing black people all the time because there are like some I just don't want to fall into like the victimization thing too much but that's besides the point that's just a side note so yeah okay my first gripe with this article is that it uses the American racial paradigm my second gripe with it is that it talks about appropriation in this way where appropriation assumes that one group is like taking from another group. And as I've said, like this obviously just isn't the case when it comes to hip hop because the, the owners of it have been black and many of those artists have wanted to share it intentionally. And then my third gripe is that she just like has a problem with her like Russian friends or Russian artists using the word ghetto or hood because her argument is that they can't understand what hood means. And like, I get that coming from her, like maybe she can't understand what hood means. And by, and by like understand, I mean like feel it in your soul or whatever, like as I can also probably not understand what the word hood means, but she's talking to these people that grew up in like the economic devastation of post-Soviet Russia and Kazakhstan. And it's possible that like the symbolism of hood 
transcends whatever like original context it was created in and the fact that like she's unwilling to like let those words and like cultural assets transcend the original context in which they were created in order to like communicate something to a broader audience I just find like really irritating yeah I mean the more I like listen to Russian rap actually because like that's that's what I've been doing to prepare for this episode just the more like really upsetting that article is mostly because it's one of the only like it's one of the like top things you find when you google Russian rap because there's just not a lot of content written in English about it and that article is like everything you just said totally valid like the the gripes you have against it it, it it's annoying for all those reasons it's the exact like frustrating kind of outsider looking in anthropological gaze thing I don't know that I gripe about a lot because it's not it's not really based in any music. It's not based it's not like actually based in any of the things that she's talking about. I do understand where she's coming from because there are like different things that a white American has to consider when they're interacting with art that's made by a black artist or if they want to like use art that's like generally made by black artists, then you do have to like start to think a little bit more critically about cultural appropriation and like what is acceptable and what isn't. But that's just like not the right way to be thinking about this. Well, that's that's the legacy of an American white person. Yeah. It's just like so lame. Like she's not able to think about different racial paradigms at all. Really? Yeah. It's just a totally different situation. And, and therefore saying somebody is too white doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. Whiteness is like a very specific construct. Can we move away from the article, but still? I mean, we can move into like kind of the question that Grace asked, which is like, does Russian rap pay homage or acknowledge or explicitly utilize the black or, or diaspora traditions of American hip hop? Okay, a couple of things that I think. One thing is that I want to say that in like the beginning of Russian rap, the fact that it was very much based on American rap. That, like, in the earlier years, like, 90s into the early 2000s, like, Russian rap was, yeah, like, was more of, like, a sort of copy. So in that sense, that's uh, what you're talking about, right? Like, referencing. It's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing. It's not, like, a direct cop or anything. But, like, maybe sort of, like, what you... The, the example you played of, like, beats sounding similar. I know that, like, what people talk about now is that... There's been a break from that, and now people, like contemporary rappers, like the best contemporary rappers in Russia, kind of making their own thing. It doesn't mean that they're not, like, listening to Kendrick or something. Like, I was reading, I, I wanted to sort of reference this article, because I was reading this article with, like, a lot of different interviews with mostly, actually, it's all Petersburg rappers, um, and it's about Petersburg rap culture, including the battle culture that we referenced in our last episode. The point is that I want to read a quote from one of the interviews, which is with a group called On Yoon. I like how that sounds. On is he, and Yoon is like a short, short version of the word for young. Like, he's young. So the interview is with two, there's two guys, and like, they were hardcore. This is what I was bringing up hardcore before. They like played hardcore music before the journal is like asking them like why they decided to do that they're like everyone goes into hip-hop eventually basically <laughs> all like roads converge at hip-hop then like 
the journal asks, would you consider yourselves rappers? And one of them's like, he's like, why not rap? <laughs> and then he says, like, when I met with Maxime, who's the other guy being interviewed, he's like, when we met, he played a clip, he played a video of Earl Sweatshirt, and I played MF Doom. He's like, we started to think about it, despite the fact that we don't look like them. But this whole long article, kind of like giving a little history of Petersburg rap and like what differentiated it, it doesn't talk about blackness, American black culture, anything that we're trying to address right now. It doesn't talk about that explicitly in any way, except for like that line, that quote, like we, didn't, we don't look like them. Though like he could be speaking not about race, like really. He could be talking just about like sound. He could be talking about style. We're adding this layer that he's like, oh, we, I don't look like them because I'm white. Like that's just not clear at all. Then in another part where a different rapper is being interviewed, basically like the journalist introduces the interview by saying, oh yeah, we talked about how, like how Russian rappers stopped copying Western rappers. Yeah, so I think it's interesting that they chose to use the word Western specifically and not American or black American. In the interview, they don't actually really get into like juicy details of how Russian rap stopped copying. Basically, the guy, the interviewee just says, I used to hate on Russian rap for being copycats, but now like people are doing cool things and people are starting to like make their own, their own stuff. Like it, it feels more original. This, in this whole really extensive piece, that's, that's about it. <laughs> like, we don't get a lot of references to the outside. Like, that really, it's about, like, the culture and how it's rooted in, in the city itself. Because, actually, a lot of the article is dedicated to, to this, this bar, 1703, where battles take place. Because that is really, like, a sort of cultural... I have to go there. I haven't been there. I don't necessarily think the bar is going to be cool. But it's like a point, like a people go there and like apparently like people go there and like write their social media accounts on the wall outside, hoping that some famous person's gonna like follow them. Like listen to my mixtape on SoundCloud, that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh I love that. Okay, so re- real quick, I just wanna like one last thing about the transfer of like from American hip hop to Russian hip hop before we just like start talking about specific um rappers rappers and play some clips this really good article in in fact magazine by andrew friedman and the title of the article is putin work how russia fell in love with trap rap and he just does like a really nice job of explaining like oh what happened was that like so it's like trap music existed first, you know, it's like coming out of the South in America. And then EDM like takes essence of trap music and like bastardizes it and turns it into electronic dance music. Right. And that's like a predominantly like white DJs in Europe thing. So EDM makes it to, to Russia before trap music does. And then at some point, like EDM gets recombined with trap music to make what he's calling like trap EDM. And that like really takes off in Russia because it's like 
dance music that they're familiar with paired with like the goodness of American trap music. The one other thing he talks about that I really like is he, and I can almost hear this when I listen to Russian music, he's like talking about the tradition of spoken word and poetry in Russia. And one of the things he talks about is like during the Soviet Union, how people wouldn't necessarily want to write things down, like politically charged stuff. And so they would memorize it and then recite it from memory with a guitar playing in the background. So I thought it was cool. Oh, there is actually maybe like a tradition of something that is rap-esque. And so it makes sense that like Russians could so like easily adopt the flow of rap. And I will say that like, uh, even though I can't understand the words when I listen to it, the sound of Russians rapping is really nice. It like sounds correct. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm really, I'm enjoying listening to more of it because I just like hadn't, I didn't really know any artists before before researching for this episode. But um, I wanted to say, just a minor correction, you just conflated two things, but like there's, there's like memorizing poetry to not write it down is, is a thing. But there's also like the bards, like people who sang and played guitar just as sort of, it, it kind of, I don't know, it has some kind of, to me, like a similarity to like folk music. So they're singing, they're not, they're not spoken wording. Yeah. Then to add to your point and what he doesn't mention, like in Russia and in the Soviet Union and now, like memorizing and reciting poetry is like a big part of your education. That's something you do in school a lot. And like, I mean, people are really beaten over the head with Pushkin. Like Pushkin is just like, like it. everyone. He's black. <laughs> Actually, though, um, <laughs> you should ten Russians you didn't know were black. Tell that to the Calvert Journal girl. It's all because yeah. Pushkin yeah. is actually oh, black. Actually. <laughs> so poetry and literature are and were definitely very, very valued throughout the Soviet Union, and like certain poets, yeah, became sort of like adopted by the state, and like decide they decided that these poets were like going to be the ones that they teach and burn into people's heads but in any case like memorizing poetry is an important tradition I don't think I think that's also part of at least in Petersburg rap of what started to differentiate it was like it became more I don't know in the 2000s maybe mid 2000s started to like really become more complex and like lyrical and linguistically shall we listen to some things now let's focus um, cause the way I made clips because I was having a panic attack was, it's not true. I don't have panic attacks. Um, so not going to pretend that I do. Not a poser. <laughs> What's going on? Somebody stop her. <laughs> She's on a train that won't stop. From 2006, I picked a song called Nezhnost which means like gentleness, affection, tenderness. These guys, they kind of represent like a more lyrical move happening in St. Petersburg rap. Let's listen to the clip. Okay, 
Do you want to say anything about it or do you just want to keep going through the list? I don't have that many. I'll say something about it. Just that like, well, first of all, this is from a movie that is called Peter FM um, about like some lovers and radio and it's from 2006. So it has that charm. I just want to draw attention to how his voice is. He has some kind of little speech impediment thing, but it's like, oh, I can't hear yeah I mean just a little bit despite it despite like the fact that it kind of has a low quality vocal sound you still hear each word really distinctly next one is melancholia by 2h or n but I think h yeah 2014 let's listen to them okay they're in St. Petersburg also yeah в обед вышел на улицу покурить, но там супер грудь. Проплыла мимо вот зараза, разбудила во мне вселенскую грусть. Но я знаю, как ее спугнуть, ведь со мной не впервое это. Вернувшись в офис на пару минут, забрусь в одной из кабинок туалета. Чувствую себя свободнее, смыл в толчок следы меланхолии. Остаток рабочего дня дотяну теперь намного спокойнее. I just think that that like beat is really goofy and funny sound. It's like, пьем, пьем, пьем. That feels like it has like, I, I don't know anything about EDM, but... I'm just deciding that it feels like it has EDM components. Just like super, like I'm on a MacBook. Yeah. Like wet arcade sounds. So the song is called Melancholy, just to go with your theme of thinking that Russian rap is dark. And it's like, yeah, he's just like, I don't know, just sort of saying what he's doing. He's like, I go out on the street to smoke a cigarette. And that's pretty much all I got because he speaks too fast. But I don't know. Like... It's pretty mundane, this, this particular, these particular lyrics. Like, he's just describing his daily life or something. Okay, so this is a song called Jealousy by a member of the rap group Costa, and his name is Vladi or Vladi, I don't know. Yeah, 2002. Первый, ну не знаю, чисто цивильный, жирный, заточка, как в американском фильме. Доход стабильный, устроил ее в фирме, поднял зад и побежал в ювелирный. Второй это вообще прозрачный свитерок с вырезом, полупидорок такой гелем вылезан, кремом вымазан. Откуда вылез он? Из книги редких видов выписан. Пусть столько заикнется об этих двух, чей-то брат, как будто просто друг. Не переношу на дух. Веселая компания, ребята, короче, все понятно, очень приятно. So that might be like the first Russian rap song I ever heard. And I remember really liking it then just for like the juiciness of the way the language sounds. He's pronouncing each word really distinctly and like with a force, especially at the end when he's like, like he's like, mm. each word is like separate and kind of punched. So especially in contrast to 2H Company clip that we played, he's speaking really slowly. He's speaking like slower than speech, normal speech. And that also sort of helps you like hear the articulation of each word. Husky is like a rapper who's becoming really famous now. And he's like the person that is actually cool right now. So if you compare him to Oxymiron, he's definitely not like mega famous in that way. He's he's famous enough that like I don't know you'll hear people like quoting his songs like I heard somebody like quoting one of his like maybe his most famous song that we'll play in a second like outside of a bar in a hipstery setting. I wanted to play two of his songs, but I've been listening to him and um, I'm gonna I've tried to explain this to you before like I like the way his 
voice sounds kind of like in contrast to a lot of basically all the other rappers we just listened to he doesn't articulate his words a lot and that's sort of his style he has like a smushy sound A lot of like Husky's turns of phrases are really cool, and we're gonna talk. We're gonna do a close reading. We're gonna do a close reading. He he like gets right into the chorus. Like it starts really quickly. It's kind of jarring, and the lyrics are really jarring. He's literally saying, "I don't want to be." pretty or like handsome i don't want to be rich i want to be a machine gun shooting faces (laughs) sorry it sounds really rough in english i'm not really going to analyze like i don't want to be i'm not going to analyze those (laughs) (laughs) i think what it means is that he does not want to be pretty or rich but instead would like to be a gun (laughs) <laughs> shooting people in the face but that's not like an example of why i find his lyrics interesting usually he has like that's not the example he has like these really nice turns of phrases. i also want to be a gun <laughs> <laughs> like um this the first verse has this opens with these two lines varenje i sonce na kazirke v rukzake stikat varenje na sobstvenom jazike okay so Varenia is like jam from, and then Isonsa, jam from the sun, like jam as in what you eat, on like a visor. But I think actually this word refers to that sun guard thing when you're driving a car and you pull that like flap down yeah. to block yeah. the sun from your eyes. Yeah. In my backpack are verses in my own language. But the really cool thing about this line what I like about this line, I'm completely winging this. I wasn't preparing. Winging it. I wasn't preparing to analyze this particular line, but I really... I like how he talks about jam. <laughs> like, I, I really like... I love jam. A couple of things. I just like the line, the backpack line, because stikat varenya is the word for like verses or poems. He's doing an internal rhyme. Vorenya is stikat varenya is one word, but it comes from tvor is to create. So it comes from a totally different root, but it has it's doing an internal rhyme with varenya, the jam from the first line. Oh, okay. Stikat varenya, varenya. But it's not like, I'm, I'm saying internal rhyme, but that's probably the incorrect term. I just mean it's not like the main rhyme. It's like an echo word. The main rhymes are at the end of the lines, like kazirke is the visor, and then nasobsum yazike, so they rhyme keke. So we get this nice little like repeated varenya varenya sound uh, of poems and jam. And then 
na sobstvenem jazike is like special expression of ownership. My own. Yeah, it has like a private personal sense. So that that's just like a shade to know about. But then, so it says like, in my backpack are poems on my, in my own language. I'm translating that as in my own language. And I think that's like the literal translation. But the word in Russian for language and for tongue are the same. Okay. And I, I just like that, the way that sounds, because it's like, in my backpack are poems on my own tongue. And also just poems in my language. That's nice. Yeah. But we don't know what jam on visor means, do we? <laughs> I imagine we're just going to skirt over that extremely weird thing. I'll, I just immediately got that it was like red. The sun is red. Wait, what is the line? Like jam from the sun on a visor. <laughs> it sounds so bad. <laughs> it doesn't It doesn't sound, it, it really doesn't sound bad. I just like don't under that's not like a phrase that we say in America. It's not a phrase. It's not like a phrase. He's being poetic. It's not a phrase. It's not like people are like, oh, I have jam on my visor again. <laughs> I want to listen to another husky song now called Multiki. Multiki is from two thousand from this year, 2017, and the one we just listened to is from last year. Моя жизнь это мультики про дураков и мне хочется выключить остальное дело, но пульсы лафа не он, где-то в диване я шарю рукой его, грузное тело, глаза покрываются, корочка хлеба и In both the songs, he's kind of like, dab, 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 dab. Like, there's yeah. like, it's hard to understand what he's saying, actually. Like, honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't understand, except for the, like, the chorus that he repeats. I, I'm not able to understand the lyrics in the first song without reading them. Um, and this one, too, like, I don't really listen to, I don't really listen to the words, per se. I just like the way his voice sounds and the quality of it. But, like, the line in this song, this one, this song is called Cartoons, Multikey. Well, so the opening line is, my life is cartoon, is like a cartoon about idiots. Just to get the feeling of the song. The line is, Ya zabintu yu glaza vinom i paidu guliat. And I like literally can't understand what he's saying. He's like, Ya zabintu i paidu guliat. I can understand that part, but like it's hard to understand the, the first line. And what he's saying is, I bandage my eyes with wine and go out for a walk. I just really like the image, I bandage my eyes with wine. Yeah, I do too. It's, it's nice. Wild. Yeah, it's like a really, it's yeah. like a really juicy image. He has a lot of juicy images. The only sort of nuanced thing to point out here, the verb to go out for a walk is like, has like so many, this verb guliat has like a lot of meanings and like it, maybe the most common one is to go out and like 
drink or like party or something to go out at night like what we would say is like going out but at the same time in this context it's unclear he could mean he just wants to go like wander around because has like a wandering sense um it's not like i'm going like with a purpose it's like very purposeless and then also with that purpose in mind this verb has a sense of like it can mean like playing hooky but then again it's also a really super mundane word that just means like go for a walk and it's just a nice like good example of russian language having a million meanings I think that Grace's question was good, that last one I played, and I feel like we should address it before we sign off. How does Russian culture respond to Russian rap? Is it, like, transgressive, or is it that it came in too late and now it just holds, like, commercial power? Is it associated so tightly with coolness as it is in the U.S.? Um... Okay, well, obviously I don't know, like how every Russian responds to this, but it I think it's definitely cool, like associated with coolness for sure. What is transgressive? Like, yeah, I mean, what, can, can you give me an example of what, like, can you explain what that, what you mean? Oh, well, I mean, if you think about like the origins of hip hop, it definitely is like a transgressive form of music. And in the same way that like any sort of like alt culture or... Like anything like from like punk to rock and roll to like hippie dumb or whatever, like those are all like cultural movements that are viewed as like transgressive at some point. And so I think Grace is just asking like, is that the sort of like role it plays in Russian culture or is it more just like, like in the same way that hip hop has just kind of been like commercialized in the US or any form of music has been like pretty routinely commercialized. Is is that the standing currently? Is hip hop culture in Russia like the predominant form of coolness in Russia? First of all, you have to remember that like hip hop in Russia exists in parallel to American hip hop in Russia, which is also very cool. Okay. Um, people listen to like American hip hop and and other every kind of other forms of American culture, not just music. There are levels like again, there are definitely big rap artists that are just super commercialized not particularly interesting as artists and that there are these like this like underground scene especially in like I mean definitely in St. Petersburg that's the one I know more about I don't really know about what's happening in Moscow but I'm sure there's definitely a scene there as well um that are like they're really popular so there's like there are up-and-coming rappers and stuff and then there's just like a bunch of like fans and like maybe they're mostly I want to say they're mostly male and like really young but I don't know how transgressive that is like it's becoming a more and more popular just like form of art and music like the fact that the headliners of Petersburg festivals this year were rappers yeah that kind of thing there's definitely um people who don't listen to Russian rap or maybe don't listen to hip-hop in general and those people, like, there's definitely that tendency to, um, I don't know, you could hear people, not even old people, in their 30s or so, or late 20s, or just noobs, like, talking about talking about rap in that kind of, like, what is that thing where, where like, Obama tells black men to, to, like, pull up their pants? Respectability politics. 
Yeah, with like respectability rhetoric. Basically, people who don't listen to hip hop in any form, uh, maybe they have heard like a couple of songs or something and like the most famous ones, but they just think like hip hop, Russian or otherwise, is just like idiots who are just like rapping about bitches and like cars and money and like are dumb. Like, of course, there's that, that, that exists as like a widespread sort of like, you know, like maybe like a mainstream ignorant stance. But that exists in, in the States, right? Yeah. But in the States, it has this like racial level that's like different. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And I think that that is like maybe slowly going away with the like extreme, extreme popularity of hip hop and R&B. Like, that's kind of crazy that that's become the biggest genre that people listen to. That's amazing. Over rock, you know? Rock is dead. That's it for the episode. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at She's in Russia. Also sign up for our newsletter at she'sinrussia.com. Uh, following the release of this episode, we'll be posting playlists and articles about it. So if you want to like listen to Russian rap more, look out for those things. And we will see you next week. As an American watching it, there is sort of like there's a cringe level of hearing people be like, real talk. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh. I just hear Oxymiron go, dick rider. <laughs> Easy, easy, real talk, think about this, man.